Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking into localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Tim Muma, and this is Employment Notebook, a podcast offering expert insight related to the workplace, helping you successfully navigate the various parts of your career. And we're taking a look at prospective managers for this episode, looking to aid in forecasting some managerial talent who really knows and shows the potential to take on these roles. To discuss this topic, we have Victor Lippman joining us from Colorado. Victor is the founder and principal of Howling Wolf Management Training and has put in many years as a frontline manager himself. Victor, thanks for coming on the show today. My pleasure, Tim. Thank you for having me. Uh, Before we jump into sort of the meat of this subject, we always like to give our listeners uh, a chance to understand where our guests are coming from. So if you would please uh, fill us in a little bit on your background. Sure. As you mentioned, I was a a frontline manager and executive in management for a total of 24 years for a Fortune 500 company. I've always been interested in the subject of management. It was something that fascinated me both as an employee and when I became a manager. Um, I write for Forbes and Psychology Today. I'm a, I'm a regular contributor uh, to both of those public, their online publications on the topic of management and, and the principle, as you noted, of Howling Wolf management training. And I think that's what it's going to help for our listeners is to know that you have uh, you know, a diverse background, you've dabbled in different things, and you also have the experience of exactly what we're looking at. So if we look to get into the subject specifically, as we mentioned, we're kind of looking to help out employers recognize where those potential success stories would be in managers. So first of all, in general, how would you specifically describe what a manager's purpose is? Well, the essence of management is really accomplishing work through others as opposed to doing it yourself. A manager might have some individual contributor responsibilities, but basically it's really uh, mostly about accomplishing work, work through others. And that dynamic stays the same, whether you're managing for a Walmart or an Apple or coach of a football team or a mom and pop store down the street. It's, it's still the same dynamic, being able to handle people effectively and make them do the kinds of things that are necessary for, the, for job completion. Oh, I like your definition there in terms of being able to work through other people essentially and get the job done that way. Now, when it comes to promoting individuals, do you, or I should say, bringing them into a managerial position, do you prefer promotion from within? Do you think bringing in outside talent? I mean, do you have a preference one way or the other? Overall, my preference would be to promote from within. Okay. Just because you'd presumably have had a much longer period of time to watch an individual in action rather than several hours of interviews, you might have gotten to know them over a a several year period to really assess their strengths and weaknesses. That having been said, there are certain circumstances, for example, if you needed a really unique skill set or you wanted someone who was capable of of changing a certain culture, then it does make sense to bring in from outside. But overall, I, I like internal promotion when possible. So what would you point to as being possible disadvantage of promoting from within, aside from looking for that specific skill set uh, that might not be there? What other disadvantages might there be to promoting from within where you would look outside? Again, if it's a situation where you wanted some change to occur, or you were concerned that the same old, same old way of doing things just wasn't necessarily the best way, right. you might want fresh talent in, the, in that circumstance. Okay. So when we're looking at this idea of trying to you know, predict who might fit into these positions, uh, do you have a certain standard or way of evaluating that potential talent coming in? Yeah, there are. Again, there's a lot of ways to assess talent. And I'd, be, I'd always 
say at the outset that there are no surefire predictors. Right. But I would also say that there are some qualities you can look for. I've, I've called them the four C's that are reasonable predictors of, of managerial talent. And it's basically the way you handle certain things. I refer to these, the, the four C's as the handling of conflict, communication, confidence, and conscience. And that's obviously what we're going to work from as far as uh, what you're bringing to the table and what you're letting us sort of figure out here today. Where did that come from? I mean, did that did that all just develop over your experiences over time? Is that something that somebody else maybe clued you into? How did that sort of come about for yourself? It's an original consolidation of, of qualities, I would say. None of them are, are unique to anyone who studies management. You know that handling of communication and conflict, et cetera, are certainly will show up in most management textbooks, I would say. Right. But it, it, is, it is my own scheme, essentially. Is this something then, and, and we'll obviously get into some details in a little bit, where if you're looking at a candidate, would you require them to be meeting all four of those criteria, three out of four? I mean, is it broken down that much where, where you're looking to bring somebody in, or is there some leeway with that? The way I would describe it, nobody is going to be perfect in everything. Perfection just doesn't exist in this world right. for the most part. But what I would say is that if, if there were real red flags in any one of these areas, that alone could be a knockout factor. Okay. In other words, you're not looking for perfection, but you're looking for a degree of competence. And any sign that a person was really awry or was really not too capable of handling one of these, any of these areas, any one of these areas adequately, I think, could be a significant problem. No, I think that definitely makes sense in terms of uh, maybe eliminating some of the competition for that position if, if there is that uh, in a certain case. All right, let's get into some of those details then. Um, I would start with seemingly what would you know I think most people think is simple and obvious, and it's the idea of communication. But when you're talking about it, what do you see as the most important aspects of communication when it comes to being a manager? I think the most important aspects are open and honest communication, which are pretty obvious to be sure. But then beyond that, creating an environment where open communication is part of the normal way of doing business. I really see communication from a management standpoint as being a two-way kind of a street. It's not just a matter of communicating openly yourself, but again, having an environment where people are free to speak their mind, free to make suggestions, free to ask questions, and so forth. It's not anarchy by any means, but it's an environment where two-way communication is is a normal way of doing business. Now, it does seem like something that a lot of companies, organizations, they say they're promoting, they say that's how it is, but it also appears to be a very difficult balance. What would that sound like or look like exactly to you as a manager, uh, how that would work, what the processes would be like? Like you said, there's not anarchy, but there is actual open lines of communication. Just like you've said, a balance. It's mutual respect. It's an environment where people are are free to communicate openly, while recognizing, of course, it's, it's not a poly, it's not a Pollyanna-ish type of concept. Manager needs control, and the manager needs to be the one in charge. But at the same time, you have a balance between control and listening to the to the viewpoints of others. 
So how does that lend itself to future success? I mean, in your mind, if you see that that's something this person is involved with or, or values, how does that actually then translate into production as a manager and then obviously for that team as well? Well, if I, if I were hiring managers, those are the kind of qualities I would look for in terms of communication. I think that a person who intuitively is good this way will develop a team that is more productive, innovative, motivated, and engaged, employee engagement being a key element of, of productivity. Right. And if someone doesn't have those qualities, you can see it in the way the team relates to that manager and the performance of the team. It may be more fearful, less risk-taking, less innovative, okay. just more, more closed. Clearly, when we talk about communication and you're working in a team, there are going to be situations where conflict might arise. So that's where one of your uh, your second C comes up there. What do you look for in an individual when it comes to dealing with conflict or how they might perceive conflict? I think the key aspect for, from a manager's standpoint is to really not just look at winning, quote unquote, but look at constructively resolving. Sure. The old cliche, as they say in, in management or in in life as well, my way or the highway. Right. And that's just not a good way to get things done. If you just want to impose your will on people, to use another cliche, you, you, may, you can pull rank, you may win the battle, but you'll lose the war. It breeds resentment. It doesn't breed a positive attitude that a team will do its best work in. Well, let's say then I'm, uh, I'm coming in for an interview from outside the organization to possibly you know, fit into a managerial position. Do you have any advice on how I would express my own conflict management style or how I handle conflict? Because it, it seems like unless you see it in action, it's hard to really define it for yourself. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I, I mean I'll answer the question another way. I think that's one of the reasons that it's often preferable to hire from within if you can. Right. Because you can really observe that style over a period of time in action rather than in a several-hour series of interviews where a person is very capable of putting forth the, the image that they want to. And it may be an accurate image, or in some cases, it may not always be. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the idea of handling conflict, again, people are going to have their own ways of, of possibly uh, working through that. But what would you say would be a complete red flag if you saw it uh, within your own workplace as being like, you know, that is the worst way to handle conflict. I would not want to put that person in a position of, of management. A person who really loses their temper, isn't good at compromising, Mm -hmm. and isn't good at at seeing things through the the eyes of others. If you just don't have your own way, you you won't last too long in in this kind of a diplomatic role. Along those same lines, uh, you're talking about conflict, you're talking about my way or the highway. There's the thought of confidence. Again, that that would be a, a third C of yours. How can you determine really how confident someone is and uh, really why is that important when it comes to managing others? Well, a couple of, couple of questions there. In terms of how you observe it, basically, it's a lot easier to tell, again, intuitively from watching someone in action as a manager or an employee over sure. a period of time than it is in an interview, although you can, certainly perceptive individuals can make certain judgments about a person's level of confidence fairly quickly in, in, in speaking with them. So I, I think it is something that you can, you can ascertain without too much difficulty. In terms of why it's important, I think the main reason is 
that a manager, a good manager, there are two things I really mentioned here, has to be willing to admit mistakes when they make them. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important quality. But probably even more important than that, they have to be confident enough and secure enough to not be threatened by by others, by right. the success of others, the talent of others. You want, as a manager, you want to surround yourself with the best people you possibly can because you'll get the best results for your team. That's something that I, I learned a long time ago, and, and I think it always stood me in good stead. I've also been interested to read over the years. That's something that Warren Buffett, business person par excellence, of course, always preaches, says, you know, get the best people you possibly can around you because they'll make you even better. Hmm. And a key piece of that is being confident enough to not be threatened. Insecure people are easily threatened, and that can be a, uh, a negative dynamic. Sure. At the same time, this question always comes up to us as well, is where do you draw the line between being that confident individual and you know sort of displaying some sort of arrogance, which most people would say is, uh, is a negative trait? It's a bit of a judgment call, I would say. It's one of those things, you know it when you see it. Okay. You don't want so much confidence that it comes across as demeaning others in any way. I think confidence has got to be blended with respect for other people and a certain feeling for how they do the work they do. And if you cross over that line where you're so confident that you don't really, you just have great opinion about yourself but not respect for your team, mm-hmm. in the long run, that's not going to work well either because people aren't going to want to work in that kind of environment. Yeah, I think that, that definitely makes sense as far as um, being able to recognize it as well as the impact it might have. Uh, finally, though, the other C, the fourth one that we haven't talked about yet, and I thought really was the most intriguing, is the idea of conscience. And the reason I, I find it intriguing is we hear about, you know, in business, shady dealings, cold-hearted tactics that you, you have to be firm and, and, and cold when it comes to sort of uh, some of the decisions you make. So why do you view conscience as being a predictor of managerial success when we hear so many stories of the opposite possibly being true? Yeah, I just, I just think it's critical. I've seen a lot of my own time and certainly anyone who, who follows the headlines in management knows that the, the landscape of business is littered with, with ethical issues and companies and individuals that have come down accordingly. And there are really a couple of reasons why I think it's so important. It's very easy to lose the loyalty of your people, of your employees. And one of the easiest ways to do it is to model behavior that they don't respect. It's never a good thing. Employees have their antennae are always out for this. Leaders are always being watched and scrutinized. And it really behooves them to, as Robert McNamara once said many years ago, former Secretary of Defense, when he was a young executive at Ford back in the 1940s, I think, the way he put it was that key, key behavior needed for a leader was to be more Catholic than the Pope. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I think you, you won't go wrong with, with that sort of an outlook. Again, that it's aspirational, but you get the drift. And the other thing, and this is related to that type of behavior, is for a leader, an executive, a manager, not to partake in the type of sacrifices that they're asking others to make. You're having belt tightening at an organization, but it doesn't apply to you or your your echelon of, of friends and cronies or whatever. That's just a, that will be noted 
and people don't like that sort of thing, mm -hmm. employees. So very easy to lose. Not so easy to gain loyalty, but very easy to lose it. I think that's a, a very fair point there for our listeners to take away from that that part of it, the idea of loyalty and, and how that affects the other employees when you're talking about a management position. Uh, the other question I had with that was, again, going into the interview process, because we are trying to help out possibly people who are interested in these positions or interested in hiring for these positions. In an interview, say, you know, you want to present yourself in a way that says, you know, you do have a solid conscience when it comes to ethics or other, you know, activity behavior. With that, if somebody else in your company, your organization was doing something unethical or, or wanted to explore an area like that, how do you express that without disparaging that employer or that employee? Because we know that's obviously a, a, a poor tact in an interview. Right. No, for sure. Without naming names, I think it's certainly possible to describe situations in which you've behaved in a certain manner and talk in general about the importance of, of certain values to you. Uh, yeah, again, I think it is a subject that, that one can, can, it can certainly come through in an interview. Right. And I think it's, you just have to figure out where the conversation's going or where, what your own background is that can cite an example of that type, you probably want to give it some thought going in. Right. If there is sort of a juncture in your history that would lend to that kind of discussion. When we're looking at uh, the idea of hiring someone again for a managerial position, what do you see are the most common mistakes that an employer makes when they're looking to bring someone in? I think the most, the most common mistake, and this is done, I think, in many organizations everywhere, is hiring an individual to be a manager just because they're technically proficient and they're very, very good at the job, uh -huh. without really assessing the rest of their interpersonal characteristics or determining how they might perform in that role, just being able to do it super well as an individual contributor. Okay. Well, for yourself, have you been involved in any uh, situations where you could you know, give us an example of where these four C's might have stood out and helped in a way, uh, maybe similar to what you just talked about, where maybe a candidate technically was sound or might have had more skill and experience, but you went elsewhere because they met more of these criteria that you were interested in seeing? I think there was a, a very major example for an organization I worked with at one point where a, uh, a C-suite type of hire was brought in from the outside when there were, in fact, ample, very qualified candidates inside. Ultimately, there ended up being some ethical issues that caused a great deal of, of difficulty for the company for a long period of time. Uh -huh. And these type of things are not that easy to, to sniff out, if you will, in outside interviews because very easy for a person to uh, a, a certain image forward, whereas internally it's a little easier to, uh, to really assess. Sure. I think most people listening understand that point to it. And this just further enhances that idea that within, hiring within might be the way to go when it comes to this area, um, with the exception of some certain situations. We're getting low on time here, Victor, but I did want to give you the opportunity to give our listeners a final message about this topic. Any any tips, any piece of advice that we maybe we haven't touched on or something you think that is uh, essentially important when talking about trying to forecast some of this managerial talent? I think probably the main issue is one that I just alluded to, and that's the notion of, of not just looking at technical skills, but looking hard at some of the softer interpersonal qualities, because those are the ultimately the ones that will help determine success in the role. Sure, you have to have a degree of technical proficiency, no doubt about that, 
but let's assume that's almost table stakes. And then beyond that, you know, they have that other complement of, of soccer qualities, the communication, the confidence, the ability to handle conflict, and so on, will ultimately, in the, in the long run, serve them very well. Sounds like the perfect place to leave off this conversation today. So that will do it for us here on Employment Notebook as we've been looking to fine-tune some of those characteristics that we're looking for in a prospective manager. Our expert guest filling us in on some of the details today has been Victor Lipman, founder and principal of Howling Wolf Management Training. Thanks again for giving us uh, and all of our listeners really some insight into this area, Victor. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, Thanks for having me. Of course, we also want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. So if you have any comments or suggestions, just shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you do have any thoughts related to any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. 